How are you? Uh, you kind of caught me at a bad time. Yeah. What's up? Oh, just got in a, the old fight. The old fight. Uh, but it's yeah, good. it's fine. It wasn't a bad one. Do you want to? You want to wait for a bit or? Nope. No, no, no. It ended an hour ago. The chill is still in the air. A <laughs> 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 broken man, Luke. I'm a broken man. Hey, how are you in fights? How am I in fights? That's a good question. I, uh, uh, oh man, I come out roaring because I'm always right. And then after I realize that I'm not 100%, I start doing things where I say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that this is you, right? So I start beginning to couch my arguments as the claws begin to retract into my hand. And then, uh, or if I'm really mad, I go silent. I'm a silent guy. Mm. You silent guy? I've seen that with you before. Only, only a few times, but yeah. It's uh, it's called the uh, standard Gormley male procedure. <laughs> You're mad, need to say something important, like an apology. Don't do that. Just get silent for a couple days. <laughs> solves no oh, man. It solves things. The old uh, carry routine is just to be a an emotional wreck, and usually to break down crying, and then explain. And then had to explain your crying and your emotional wreck. <laughs> but then you feel great about it afterwards. <laughs> and repeat. <laughs> Listen, let me explain why I'm so upset. Cap got the hammer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, man, when I fight, I tend to uh, get very mad, very quick, and very mean. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> so that's good that's good for healthy processing now I, I'm, yeah. I'm terrible i'm terrible i i we we don't often but i i just need to learn to breathe because i talk too much believe it or not luke you i'm sure you didn't <laughs> think that i'm sure you're like what well, you're a quiet and reserved man no i'm shocked i tell you shocked <laughs> yeah yeah what an idiot Hey, you want to hear something weird that's happening to me? Yeah. Okay, so this is weird, and I'm really nervous. This is so weird. So on Thursday night, I'm going to a church that is not Catholic to have a quote-unquote discussion with their lead pastor and a deacon from their church over church authority and personal salvation it is <laughs> it is a debate so you're going to have a debate uh privately yes w- w- i mean why uh without divulging too much information i had a fellow convert to catholicism in one of my inclusion classes he's a great guy great family uh, but he told me his dad was not going to like it and his dad doesn't, and there's a lot of other issues, a lot, a lot, a lot of other issues that are kind of going on and baking and percolating and things happening. Um, but essentially, it's like you need to explain yourself to my pastor, and you need to get that Gormley guy, and he has to defend what the church 
what you Catholics believe about all this stuff. Because essentially, he thinks that by joining the Catholic Church, his son is now condemning himself to hell, and it was his daughter-in-law that led them there. It's the gist of it. Yeah. So I'm here (laughs) to discuss with air quotes but if they're already leading with and the pastor of course is an ex-catholic they're leading with you know all the statements like you've lost your salvation so uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun luke i I don't do the practice run uh (laughs) yeah sure we can do okay. a practice. Hey, man, I got right. a lot of response from the whole Scott Hahn biblical thing with Romans. People like really? that stuff. Yeah. No. Why does why, why does anyone ever message me? Oh, because it's just my friends who tell me. <laughs> oh, that's fair. All right. Hey, Tubby, why are you leading this guy's son to hell? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not, you're not Tubby. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is an issue. It's glandular. I know. I know. Well, look at that. Even the Catholics have hipster beards now. Have a seat. <laughs> Your hair is awfully short on the side and long on top. Ooh, original. Yeah. Uh, answer me this. <laughs> Did, answer me this. Did you get your part of your hair shaved in so it's permanent? Like, oh. Oh, oh, let me guess. You like rap music and a little bit of My Little Ponies as well because you have kids. <laughs> and you're funny because of it. Luke, I am funny because of it. I was listening to a finance podcast, and a friend for life from My Little Pony came on because the podcast ended. <laughs> uh, I think we told the story before, but it bears repeating again. We were So I have this thing where, like, before we do a live podcast, I like to get into the zone. <laughs> so the, doing that, for me, often involves just kind of being on my own for a bit, and then I need, like, loud music, or I just, I just need to be listening to music. And so we didn't get to do it before our San Diego show, and I wish and I wish we had, but whatever. Um, so uh, although we were hanging out with Auntie and and Uncle Wade, so it was fine. Um, we had a consolation prize. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd rather hang out with them um, before the Atlanta. No, sorry, before the Dallas live show, we uh, uh, we were playing Outcast, which I feel like is appropriate uh, music for us. We both enjoy the yeah. hippity hop. Yeah, and it. it is like on nineties enough that it's like yeah, but then it's also like good enough that's like this is great yeah yeah. And so we're we're blaring Outcast in your car, getting in the zone before we you know like head in, and then all of a sudden it's like best of friends, my little pony, <laughs> <laughs> friends for life. That's what you are to me, friends for life. Yeah, man, friendship is like, magic. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a really if you were to be honest of what a real and then well, then we will um, get to this. Yeah. I promise. A real Catching Foxes, like, get psyched playlist for us would be the My Little Pony song. <laughs> that one stupid um, middle song that you like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that song. How does it go? Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It just comes on because of my wife. mid, like, mid, like, yeah. mm-hmm. Tell me, I, 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 I've heard now at a bar, like, uh, a, um, a couple of times, and I was like, no, this is Gomer's song. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, one one only visitor by Chevelle. Yeah, that's it. Boom. <laughs> that's it. Boom. Done. That's it. Although there when we go. were going up to Dallas for that show in Plano, it was funny because for the three and a half hour drive, about ninety percent of it was country music, which neither of us listened to, and we just. But it was like sad, depressing country music, like really sad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hurt myself today. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny Cash. Long Black Veil. Oh, man, that song yeah. is so depressing. Is. Long Black Veil it might be one of the saddest songs ever written. Oh, man. Not when, especially the one by On the Little Lefty Fritz. Okay, so <laughs> you walk in, and he's like, Papist. <laughs> Papist, come over here and tickle my feet. Okay. <laughs> T- tickle my feet. Now look at me while you do it. <laughs> Why am I doing this? I'm a coordinator of evangelization. I'm You're a real a good boy. little papist. <laughs> hey, I bought you some ice cream tubs. <laughs> well, how dare Eat the you, little papist? You know you want it. <laughs> how dare you, sir? I mean, I'm not going to let it go to waste. <laughs> Ooh, Cherry Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this little tub of papist wants some whipped cream with his ice cream. Here you go, papist. <laughs> no, but seriously, do you have some whipped cream? <laughs> we got some cherries over there. We got a crawl for it. He just kicks you and you. You got a crawl for it. <laughs> this suddenly became sadomasochistic. Oh, it was, it was already good. Oh, okay. We are a few steps away from it being that one weird part of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> we are a few steps away from it being Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> The one with the Taylor Swift song. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> okay. So what do you say? Like, how do you start, start this, start this conversation? Now, Michael, can I, can I call you Michael? Uh, I assume it'll, it'll say that at some point. Yeah, Michael, can I call you Michael? I love how every Texas preacher to you, even though this guy was raised Catholic, is like, probably on a on a horse while doing this <laughs> welcome to my <laughs> office son let me let me tie my my crazy string bow tie that texans think is is fancy <laughs> now, and, at some point, and at some point in time he's gonna go now let me stop you right there <laughs> i reckon that's it i'm out of here do you say reckon this is the 21st century i'm out of here that's right blacks can vote what <laughs> Wake up! It's a new America! <laughs> no, okay, so honestly, so the idea of talking about church authority, where do you find in the Bible, right? And so I don't, I don't really know what angle it's going to take. Like, he could be a very friendly person. Um, a lot of people say he's not, that he's kind of notoriously... <laughs> oh, good. This will yeah. go great. Yeah, and he's getting his doctorate. Like, I'm not, I don't have a doctorate. I have... I Yeah, but you can go toe-to-toe with people. I can go toe-to-toe with some people, but the idea is simply this, my friend. I I can go to toe-to-toe with anyone behind a computer screen because I know the places to copy and paste. However, um, sitting down with people who do this every day, and I'm talking with beginners. That's one of the things I've noticed since I left college. Like, you need to keep up a certain level to stay strong and to go and I to read an actually, you know, graduate level theology text or philosophy text, it like kills my brain. I can't get through it. Yeah, I had actually had that today. I was trying to I was I'm reading a a scholarly article on um nonprofit stuff and I was like, why is this so difficult? And I was just like, oh, cuz I don't do this that often. Yeah. So oh, I, I, so I never ever ever do this. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's so it, that's one of the things that like I can read all these great, like, one-chapter summaries on justification from a Catholic perspective. Sounds great. Fine. Catechism, crunch it. 
So I know what the church teaches, and I know plenty of Bible verses and stuff like that to bring out. But it just comes down to, like, if I'm sitting across the table from someone who is literally hurling Bible verse after Bible, that's not exactly what First John 3.16 says. And I'm like, First John 3.16? Who memorizes that? It's just the regular John 3.16. <laughs> no, I, I think I might go in with, like, a goofy shirt. Like, I'm trying to pick out my wardrobe to, like, send signals. What should I wear, Luke? Uh, I think you should wear your Colby Ministry shirt because that's classic Gomer. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I was wearing it today, so. Oh, and <laughs> I forgot to go to the prison. Yeah, Monday. You forgot to go? I forgot to go today. I did not remember oh, that I sorry, told man. the guys that I would be here this week because I haven't gone since February. And then I got a text mm-hmm. message from my boy Jerry, and he's like, hey, weren't you supposed to go this week? Didn't we agree that you would go this week? And I was like, oh, shoot. So I am going to go next week on May 13th. Um, yeah, so I'll wear the Colby. What, what color? Blue, red, or green? Uh, ooh. Now, they are <sighs> not a charismatic church, so maybe the red might be intimidating. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like the blue is a little bit of a bright blue. Yeah, it is. It's a little bright. So, like, none of those colors are very, like, stylish right now. <laughs> so the green, the muted green, the earth tone. I feel like the muted green is probably your best. If you can wear a pair of pants. Nope. Actually, no. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Here's. <laughs> no. Nope. This is a pants optional church. <laughs> you look at me while you take your pants off. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's. Damn it. It's the summertime, though. Okay, right. here's what I want you to do. I want you to think back. Let's just pretend that it's 2002. Life's amazing. We have no responsibilities. Oh. We're hanging out a lot. Nice. Uh, actually, no. Scratch that. Let's pretend it's 2004. We're hanging out a lot, drinking a ton. Life is great. We are getting paid to live in the house that we're at. Yeah. Uh, you and I share a room. You have the big futon. I have the queen size bed. By big futon, you mean a single chair that the back folds all yeah. the way down. Go on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the room is somewhat clean, not for our house, but for your average college guys. Oh our, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our age. Yeah, for yeah, your yeah, average college guy. Yeah. Yeah. We're just doing our thing, going to Cross Creek every Thursday. <laughs> Why does this always happen? <laughs> We're going to Crosswick every night. We're playing on the Kings with the house, with the house rules and everything. Uh, we reel into the newlyweds over the summer for some reason. Okay, you remember that? No. We got real into that. Uh, yeah, we were all. For, for, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, go with the bit. Um, I think you should do your thing where you were like, what if it's okay? So pretend that it's um, Easter at Steubenville. Uh, You're going to host the resurrection party. Khaki pants. I think you, yeah, I think you do the AMDG blue. Okay. With a, with a, you know, like tie, perhaps. Like, I don't think you have to go like business, you know, not, I mean, I'd say go business casual on this one. Okay. So you could have, you, you could have a tie, but you don't necessarily have to have slacks. You could just have khakis or something. Okay. But you do the old gormly, you know, I feel like I need to dress up a little bit because this here thing is important. And then we'll have a huge party that night, and then we'll have a huge party the next day. And then I'm going to kiss a girl in my room, and then Brian and Blaze are going to get mad at me because I'm starting to talk to this other girl. They're going to tell me to not blow it. 
but then it's going to end in heartache four months later. Real quick. And it would have been nice if I just blowed it. Real quick. Hmm. Are we still talking about me? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to wear, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I thought that, was, I thought that would be funny. Did you just have a dumb. stroke? Feel free to cut it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had enough faith. No, but... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I drank too much bourbon there. Ooh, that's good for the kids. No, so I, I think you should actually dress up a little bit. Okay. Not like too much, but just just enough to feel like, hey, I want to respect your church and not come in. I don't think you look like a schlub when you're wearing that stuff. But, I, you know, uh, you want to respect the people, respect where you're going. Okay, hold on. Let me put this in my phone. Let's book an appointment at Men's Warehouse for a tuxedo. Okay, go on. <laughs> go on. And yeah. White. And oh, excuse just... me, excuse me. All white tuxedo and top hat with pimp cane. Okay, prom's over. <laughs> prom's over here. So <laughs> Prom's over, so it'll be very cheap. Yeah. Um, you know what you should do? You should bring a bottle of holy water with you, a crucifix, a crucifix <laughs> and a relic, and just be like, oh, hi. Bam, like, bring a briefcase, open it up, and be like, excuse me, let's put your stuff right there. Like, kiss the relic, <laughs> sprinkle the holy water, and just, like, lightly caress the bottom of the crucifix. <laughs> uh, Mr. Gormley, real quick, why are you wheeling in that table? That table looks like it's going to fall apart at any minute. Is that children's playset wood? Shut up. I made this myself. It's my reliquary. <laughs> <laughs> On this table are third-class relics of St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, St. <laughs> Monica, other people that probably somewhere in the Middle Ages totally made it up, but I paid top dollar for it anyway. And a relic of the true cross that surprisingly looks like Texas yellow pine. Moving along. <laughs> <And> here's, <laughs> here's a blue scarf that I think is Mary's. Um, <laughs> remarkably, intact, <laughs> remarkably intact after 2,000 years. And then you should bring out the Zoom microphone and recorder and be like, I have a podcast. I'm sure you guessed that. <laughs> Start recording. <laughs> hey, everybody. Michael Gormley just starting off this crazy conversation with the local anti-Catholic pastor. Say your name for the kids. Jim. Pod- <laughs> Jim. Ooh, ooh, he's already getting testy. Hey there, Jim. Michael Gormley here. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. Before we begin. Are you lonely and Catholic? CatholicMatch.com. <laughs> I'll do a Catholic match at right in the middle of the discussion. He's like, listen, this funny. is what Martin Luther's point was when he said that justification was alien, external, and forensic. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, I just want to say you can save 20% now if you go to Strive21.com and sign up to live a porn-free lifestyle. Thank you for being sponsors to our show. Go on. <laughs> Wait, what the hell just happened? So you see, the thing about the thing about grace. Speaking of grace, do you know what I love that really adds a lot of grace to my life? Catholic beard bomb, <laughs> and they're having a hot new Mother's Day sale. <laughs> Say fifteen percent. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! That would be so funny. Hey, uh, hey you guys, don't mind if I podcast this conversation? Do you, real quick? What we have a little thing called the B sides. <laughs> hey, old guy, you probably don't know what a podcast is. Damn it, son. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so when he says something to me like, um, as Roman Catholics, you think you can earn your salvation, whereas the true gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, that Martin Luther recovered when he rediscovered God, 
is essentially that all I need to do is have faith in him. My works don't contribute one thing to my salvation because Christ accomplished it entirely for me. So nothing I do That's when, contributed to or can take away from. Then you just, then you just go fear and trembling, bitch, and like walk off. Ugh, I don't think that's I don't think that's that's going to help anyone. Luke. No, it won't. But it'd be awesome. It would be awesome, and I'm going to do it twice. <laughs> what if I was there and I just held I just held an iPad and I just like I had different gifs that come up like after your response or his response. <laughs> so like you say something profound it's one of all the like african-american guys screaming oh! Oh! <laughs> or then or i get uh, in a subtle jab and you just hold up that shaquille o'neal doing that smile wiggle thing where then the kitty cat does the wiggle <laughs> thing i like that i like that or he just goes on about how much like he just like hates the church and, and it's just one that goes who hurt you <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm gonna lead with that i'm gonna lead with that uh hey my name is michael gormley really great to have or to be here today thank you for having me um but real quick before we begin who hurt you <laughs> say it who hurt you tell me now i want names <laughs> tell me jesus christ is a god of, is a god of healing um no it's okay so i i think you you just you you go in there and you be as personal as you can you, you ask him about his kids um the the, the other guy there he c- clearly has kids or he wouldn't be in this situation Hey, how's your kids? Your adult children that are sitting next to me in the chair. Good. Okay. Oh, oh, so they're going to be there too. I think so. I think it's a whole family conversation with me in the middle. Oh, this is what could go wrong with this, Luke? I can think of about eight things right now. <laughs> <laughs> no less than seven, good sir. <laughs> but probably eight. And out of that eight, three of them I'm going to cause intentionally. What with me. <laughs> Standing up and saying fear and trembling, bitch, and walking out at least twice. <laughs> with the, the GIF. With the GIF. With the GIF, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we ha- I have that on May 9th, so pray for me. I'm really nervous about that. Not nervous enough be. to do any actual studying, but, you know, generally <laughs> you nervous. Know, a general amount of I'm not looking forward to Wednesday. <laughs> Thursday. Thursday. Luke. Thursday. Sorry, sorry. And you know what happens attention. the following Thursday on May uh, 16th? Well, it's weird because there are no movies coming out, so no. No, actually, that's that's my mom's birthday. Go on. May 16th? Yeah, May 16th. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, me and you are going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin, doing Woo-hoo! a Catching Foxes live show and a workshop Appleton, for young adults. It's going to be awesome. Get down. Are we going to be in Appleton? We're going to be in Appleton. In Appleton with their regional airport. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin. This is a great, I like, ad. Good job, Tommy. So we're going to be actually doing a um, a workshop there for people who work in, who work on, like, like, adult ministry and just, like, others who care about that at 6 p.m. And then the live podcast starts at 8.15 p.m. And this is at St. Mary's in Appleton on 312 South State Street in Appleton, Wisconsin. Again, that is, uh, we're doing a workshop there for people who work in a young adult ministry or feel free to hear our thoughts on that at 6 p.m. with a live podcast at 8 15. There's going to be food and beverage at both, at both events. Uh, it's $10 for each event. Um, but we take our shirts off for free. <laughs> well, I charge two fifty, but Luke does it for free. Is that next week? Yeah, man. Holy cow! Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a Life Ooh. King missionary, you're about to get your face trained by me at Covecrest. If you do that, I'm doing that the week of my birthday, May 26th to June 1st. I'm excited Look about that. The... Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Look at us. We're we're some we're some busy boys. <laughs> Please don't ever say that, Luke. We're some busy boys. We're some busy, bu- busy boys. Some busy boys. Yeah, so so you, so you really have no suggestions other than wear a nice shirt. Huh. Thanks, <laughs> no, Luke. I have a lot more. I told you to talk about his kids. <laughs> I told you to be friendly. I think the um like, look, if they just want to debate, there's nothing you can say that's going to change their mind. So I think you should definitely ask to start off with prayer and ask them to lead. Um, Wouldn't that be funny if even in the prayer he has to be snarky? That would be so funny. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavenly Father, we bless and praise your holy and sacred name, and we thank you, Jesus Christ, for your sacrifice for all of us on the cross where you paid every debt of mine. And you actually told me numerous times, I don't have to pay anything back. I don't have to make satisfaction. Uh, you're the one sole mediator between God and man. There's no reason for me to go to, let's say, a man for confession. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is an elaborate. You went through all seven sacraments, sir. You went through all seven sacraments. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah, it is interesting because people in that world, so it's a Southern Baptist congregation, want to address the idea of church authority and i always i just find a, I just i i find all of this so fascinating so i spent hours and hours and hours like consuming hardcore evangelical and fundamentalist content over the summer mostly from the reformed church but all over the place and just consuming it and realizing like they they do have a there is a mastery over scripture that they have that many catholics um that most catholic priests i mean catholic priests are I mean, they are clueless children compared to many of these pastors um, when it comes to Scripture and their ability to understand biblical theology, which was Pope Benedict's whole thing was biblical theology. But the idea of there are certain tent poles of theology in my life that no matter how often I watch Protestant answers, conferences, to the contrary, I'm just like, it, it doesn't make any sense what you're saying. Like, to say that Scripture alone is our sole authority, that there is, that Jesus Christ did not create any human institution other than Scripture and preachers who help mediate the Word of God, but that's it, I mean, is 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 pure biblical nonsense. Like, the fact that Jesus created the Twelve with a means for the Twelve to pass on their authority to others there is nothing else in Scripture that you see. Like, hi, I'm Jesus. Look at all this authority that I have. Oh, so that you might know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins? Rise, take up your mat and walk. Authority, 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 all over the place. And then he says, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, he's literally, it's like Matthew's Gospel is the Gospel of authority. Here's Jesus, the Son of Man. He has authority. And at the very end, the resurrection narrative, he's giving all of that authority to the apostles or a participatory share in it. And in Matthew 15, or excuse me, in Matthew 16 to Peter alone, and to 18, the College of Cardinals, or College of Cardinals, College of Apostles, he gives them this authority. And then the Acts of the Apostles is just them using this authority. 
And it, it just drives me insane when they're like, nope, just here to mediate the word of God. Really? Because the word of God wasn't written. The word of God wasn't written. For 15 years, you don't have a single New Testament book. Then you got Paul and First Thessalonians, some argue maybe Galatians. But you don't have a you don't even have a gospels until 70 AD, something like that. And then you don't mm. even have it all compiled into one New Testament. I heard one guy say, Well, no, at the end of the first century, there was, you know, the four gospels was considered to be normative. I go, Yeah, but what for? It was four gospels, not necessarily Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John was disputed in a lot of cases more than the gospel of Peter. Now, everyone acknowledges that Peter is not a gospel, but in the 300s, they were using it in Rome. Like, how do you, you know, in different churches and stuff. It wasn't until the church with bishops codified it that we even have the New Testament. So it's like, so you're basing all your authority on a book that was written by apostles who were vested with authority, who handed this authority on and decided which was canonical by a church with authority. Come on. Come on, people. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. So I've dealt with this with people that I love, both right. uh, friends and um, family. They could say and enemies. <laughs> both friends. <laughs> friends, and enemies, and people from Frenzy Board in 2001. <laughs> remember that? Uh-huh. Your five iron Frenzy Board. Go on, my good sir. Um, remember message boards? That was a great waste of time. Oh, my gosh. Just lost. Okay. Anywho, we should all be ashamed. Um, I... I do this thing when, like, I podcast where, like, I, like, put my head back and I, like, raise my hand up while I, while I think. And I, like, so people who can see me through this window got to be like, what the hell is that? Sorry. <laughs> it's very. It's always, I, do, I do it. I'm like, this is the weirdest visual because no one knows that I'm doing it's this. It's yoga. It's difficult because there's this, um, there's this paradigm that we all have. Right. About what church is. Right. And how that's been passed down to us and our, and our, and our, and our understanding of, of of um this and i found more often than not that engaging in the debate doesn't really help unless people are asking questions and not even in a sense of like i want to know more because i'm curious and i might want to convert i mean just i want to know what you think yeah so when someone starts to tell me what like i know what not i mean I'm not an expert in in protestantism by any means necessary but i feel like i probably know about it as much or more than your average Catholic who works in some sort of like a ministry capacity, which is the person who still who know who like works for a I'm like religious a society. And so there's things that I hear when people do I'm talking about like oh well, yeah like I know this I know this I know this but a, like quite often there's not really any sort of chance to respond, mm-hmm. yeah. and it makes it really difficult because it's just here's what I believe. And I don't know I, – I, I just have a hard time – I don't know how to respond unless I'm being asked a question, which probably is like I need to work on my rhetoric skills, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, it just – it's um, I, it's a thing that I've really kind of stayed clear from because I, I actually really enjoy when I talk with my Protestant friends who are like real – and we just want to talk about these like deep ideas. That's where it gets really – like that's where I find the most fruit. Right, but that's not what this is. No, no. And so I think you're walking into a disaster. I know. Now, I think you can probably, um, you know, I, I think you've. it's going to be tough because there's not. Um, and, and, like, I get it. Like, this guy's generally concerned for, the like, the salvation of this person's soul. 
So to them, this is a, this is like an all-out attack. You know, like this is a, this is um, this is desperate times. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I don't know if maybe you take the same attitude of like, hey, I'm not like. You know, I always go back to that great quote from uh, Dave Nickel when he was on our podcast. You know, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates imply an attack. No, I'm not right. saying this is hell. You know, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. the work of the devil. But I am saying that um, I wouldn't be afraid to speak up. But just I think wit. Sorry, not wit. Your lifeguard life. You need to be as brief as possible. So here's so here's what I would recommend if I'm being really honest with you. One sentence that grabs their attention, one sentence that is a statement, one sentence that is a question. You have three sentences and that's it. So that's gonna be that'll so say be that again. One sentence you. that grabs their attention, one sentence then that's one a sentence, statement, and then one sentence that is a question. And that's all I'm allowed to say. Then I just let them talk. Yep. Okay. Okay. Let's work on this. Here we go. Opening line. Jesus did not start Christianity, but he founded the church. Huh? That's a good opening line. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So now my statement. The Roman Catholic Church is the one true church that Jesus Christ stated. Now my question, what do you think about them apples? I feel like I lost salvation. It I feel like I lost it. At the end. But Gormley, salvation is found in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. In Christ alone. My, uh, my man, do you remember when we were on a King's Kaleidoscope kick? No. Oh, it was three years ago. Nice. This is why people get so annoyed with our podcast because we have these great little things and we just get totally distracted by the thing from 2016. Um, we? I hope. We? we. we? <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, so let's say that he says, "Man, like we don't need man to get to get to God. We have Christ, and all we need is to just be with Him, and we're and we're good." I'm sure that's a thing that a guy who is working on his doctrine would say. How do you respond? <laughs> Listen, we got him. We don't need us. They got you. Doctorate. Do you want me to respond to that right now with a grippy statement? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think of a one-liner. That's a grippy statement. Uh, that sounds great. It's just unbiblical. Because Jesus Christ, from the very beginning, gave us a church, not an individual relationship. And don't you see that when you read uh, every chapter in Acts of the Apostles? Question mark? Mm, I would replace the word you with we, but that was really good. Isn't that what we see when we read Acts of the Apostles? I mean, every chapter. Is just add authority? Yeah, I w- and I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that or something. You're like, like your like one sentence can have like a of a comma where then you add on like the rest of your question there. What you don't want to do just go on and on and on and on and on. Which is what I will do. <laughs> exactly. So you really no. gonna have to be careful with that. Yeah, I'm I'm the kind of guy that talks until I literally run out of breath, and as I draw in a quick breath, 
that's when they get their word in, and then I'm like, dang it, I've lost everything. Now, 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 back to William of Ockham, good sir. Uh, <laughs> where was I? Oh, crap. Uh, William of Ockham, who is he? I don't even remember. I'm so scared. So the gradient, so the thing about the throne is that yeah. Cersei's nuts, and the writers have written themselves into a corner. I'm sorry, what? Okay, let's, okay, here's how we're going to practice this. Okay. We're not going to practice this with regards to the actual topic. Uh-oh. We're going to do it with regards to Game of Thrones. Here we go. At first, I really enjoyed last week's episode, but I've watched a I've watched a few things on YouTube, and I've listened to a few different podcasts. Don't you think the show has kind of gone off the rails a bit? I think you're a poor judge of character. <laughs> I think the show is just fine. Don't you think you're being a pretentious jerk and a little too treating this a little too emotionally? Katie McGrady. <laughs> Here's my response to you, not not to Katie McGrady. You're a little bitch. <laughs> Come on, Luke, PG. This is PG. PG Luke. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, Tubby. <laughs> I guess fat shaming is still allowed. Okay, go on. It's clear to me that the I don't. <laughs> it's clear to me that the writers of the show just want to get this over with, and so I found, and I'd be curious to get your take. Aren't the beats of these episodes and the things that are happening just a little bit too predictable? Yes. And then I end the argument. No one knows what to do, right? I just use one word answer. Yes. And then we just, <laughs> then I just stare. Do I, where do I stare? Do I look into his eyes? Do I look in that middle spot of his yes. forehead? Well, clearly. What if I just look at his hairline? Like, like I'm, it looks like I'm looking at his eyes, but he can feel that I'm slightly above his eyes. No. Should I do that thing where I don't blink for a long time and I open my eyes really wide so he thinks I'm a little crazy and he doesn't know what's going to happen? No, nope. don't pull a, don't pull a Father John Ignatius here where you just stare um deeply and you're just like. Hey. You're in my soul, man. Get out of my soul. Ah, you win. <laughs> you win. Here's my money. Mm. Crap. Crap. Now I'm Southern Baptist. Crap, 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 crap. <laughs> you're to come back. Well, guys, you're all wrong. <laughs> well, turns out 2,000 years of uninterrupted Christian tradition out the window. Right, Pope Francis? <laughs> <laughs> I love this new Episcopal church Pope Francis has started. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a weird show right now. This is a weird show. What did you want to talk is, about? I threw. I feel like I, I threw you off. My whole idea of like talking about debating this Protestant pastor, I thought it would be like funny. We get in some jive, you know. We little, did little sparring. Uh, and then, and then I would kept just asking me for real advice. I know. And I just, and I, you know what, Luke, I appreciate your, your zinger statement question. I'm going to actually, I'm going to try to record this just to see if I do it. <laughs> I want to hear it. I really, sorry. I know. I, I know this is a private conversation, but I want you to put your phone in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You should click the voice memo thing as you walk in. And I want you to send that shit to me as soon as you're done. 
Hi, you don't mind if I live blog this, do you? <laughs> this is someone's deep, private, personal pain that they're inviting you into. Yeah. And we're making it a discussion. And now we're selling it. We're selling it. Patreon.com slash CF. That's how desperate we are for content, everyone. <laughs> I was really using it as a foil to talk about our Green Bay show or our Appleton, Wisconsin show. And it like backfired on me. Mm, that, that's what happened. That's what happened. So, Luke, what did you want to talk about tonight? Um, I don't really, I, I feel like I've, I haven't been doing so well in bringing you the content. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to do better. Uh, oh, it looks like I, Luke working at a real job suddenly didn't have any, uh, brain cells left over <laughs> for old Michael Gormley. <laughs> what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> Especially on a Monday. Um, I know, right? I feel like on Monday might be the best and the worst night for us to record, by the way. It works. It works. Which I think I just got to get used to it. Man, I hope we can because it is a freaking lifesaver for me. No, 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 no. We'll make it work. Um, the thing about business ethics is uh, uh, <laughs> uh, ethics. Uh, I want a new question. I got nothing, man. <laughs> that's that's wonderful, Luke. Good job. Why don't you fucking contribute, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to with the whole, like, how do you argue style thing. And then you took a hard right. <laughs> hard right into geopolitical politics. Geopolitical <laughs> politics. Man, I wish I was drinking right now. I know. How is the Exodus 90 thing going for you? Oh, uh, it is going really, really well, Luke. I, uh, I'm i sorry, but I am. I know, pe- I know you of all people don't want to hear this, but it's actually bringing me closer to our Lord. I know you mm. you oppose that because it ruins the content a, for our show. That is a disappointment. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, I've had that thought before. Like, oh, man, we're experiencing a lot of healing and growth. What will we talk about? <laughs> talk about the actual healing and growth? No, thank you. Um, I, okay, so I talked about this last time. So I'm, I, I, stop me if I'm going full repeat. But um, All right. Well, this was a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're done for a couple months now because that's all Gomer's on. Repeats. But no, I love Exodus 90. It's ordered prayer, right? You're getting rid of excess to a point where I thought it would be really burdensome. But it's just, when you get to a certain point, it's just freeing. Uh, I joke with the guys, but I've actually, of all the things, the thing I thought I would hate the most, I've actually loved the most, which is the cold showers. Yeah, cold showers are awesome. I actually did that last week. I was like, that's right, it does wake you up. I mean, you jump in there. So I, I literally, I... Get completely naked. Picture this, please, Luke. Thank you. I take my glasses and my wedding ring off. I open up the bathroom door. There's no room for wedding rings in in here. (laughs) There's not room (laughs) enough for the both of us. So I turn on the shower about a quarter way, which in my shower is just one knob, you know, so it's like full pressure but still cold. And I just jump in. And I'm smiling ear to ear while I do it. I told the guys, I was like, you're going to think I'm nuts, but because they like – lean in and get their hair wet and, and i just jump in armpits arms up in the air right in the old armpit the hardest part actually is just my back that's the coldest part um but i i i love it i'm, I'm awake so that the 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 penances or the the asceticism has been awesome um it's showed me how quickly i turn to food to self-medicate how i turn to alcohol to self-medicate um, and how how I turn to caffeine to keep me going through the day because I'm not sleeping enough. 
And when I'm not watching TV, not watching YouTube, and I'm not consuming all this stuff, I actually have seven to eight, if I wanted to, hours to sleep. And instead of doing this bull crap where I'm staying up till one o'clock in the morning and then waking up at six and doing that three or four days in a row, I'm going to bed at 11 and I'm waking up at 530 or I'm waking up at 630 and I'm getting all my stuff done. I'm getting a half hour of morning prayer in that I just, you know, unless I was getting up at 530, I just, it was, I was incapable of doing it. And it just breathed new life into my day. Like, like, okay, for instance, um, I would come home from work right at dinner time. We would all sit down and eat dinner and I'm exhausted, right? You know, you're kind of running on fumes, but you have to psych yourself up for your kids. So you psych yourself up, you try to do whatever, and maybe mom is frazzled because the kids haven't been great. And so I get frazzled immediately. And so I start yelling, not yelling, but, you know, like being stern because clearly they're not listening to mama. So now it's my turn. And uh, I'm laying down the law, getting them baths, doing all that stuff, getting them ready for bed. And by the time the kids are in bed and done, I'm more or less wiped out. So what would I do? We turn on the TV and we get a glass of wine. And one glass of wine becomes two glasses, maybe three, probably just two. And that was my night. Like, oh, I'm done. But now it's like, okay, so I come home. TV is not an option. Alcohol is not an option. Eating food is not an option after dinner. So what do I do? Right at 6 o'clock, my timer goes off on my phone. It says, hey, here's a notification. Start fasting. And so I hit my fast timer. It's a stupid app called Zero. It's free. It's by one of those internet nerds that Leo Laporte used to hang out with, but then they became multimillionaires. Um, and I just, I do all that stuff, and I track my fasting. I'm skipping breakfast almost every morning, and I've lost, I'm down like seven pounds in 20 days. See, you're not tubby. No, I'm still fat. Um, but I'm no, down, I'm, I'm down this positive. weight. <laughs> I'm down this weight solely from not overeating, not grazing, and not eating crap. Like, I still eat, like, whatever's in front of me, like, for dinner. Like, if it's, if it's like, high-carb whatever, I don't care. I'll eat it. But I'm taking food with me to work. That was a part of the thing that started with Lent because one of the things was uh, for a week, you give up an excess item, and mine was fast food and all restaurants. And so I haven't eaten out. Uh, I ate out, like, one day right before Exodus 90 happened. But it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not buying food anymore. I'm done buying food. I'm going to take with me. So today I took uh, mixed nuts, an apple, an orange, and I think I had something else. Oh, I had some craisins thrown in there. Uh, and that's it. And that's all I need. And that and water. And I like, Luke, like I'm saving, like on some of these days, I'm saving like 15 bucks a day just from my lunch. Mm-hmm being gone yeah and i was never really a breakfast person so that's not a sacrifice for me but how much of this like and i'm not trying to be like a see you're gonna fail i'm, I'm just like right uh because i think we're both a, a like a lot of like in oh yeah oh um, yeah this respects that we were really good at like the beginning <laughs> that's what i said today i said guys this is day 20 i'm the three-week guy i can do anything for three weeks and i start to make little compromises and then I feel guilty about the little compromise, so then I just walk away from the whole thing. Is that what it's like, like for you? Hello, I'm Dunkin'. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hello, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Right? So it's like, 
so l- l- let me think of like a very real thing. So Lent, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to give up Coke Zero. And then I'll have a really bad day where I, and I'm, it's late at night and I got to drive home from work, you know, it's 10 o'clock. That's late for, you know, church work. And I'm getting in my car. I've just had these long conversations where people are challenging me on all sorts of matters of the faith, right? Because they're Protestants, you know, with questions. And, I, and I'm just done. And there's a free Coke machine at, in my church, in, my, not, in the church, in the sanctuary, right next to the tabernacle. Um, <laughs> no, in, the, in this closet. Behind that wall. Yeah, in the, in the teacher's lounge area. So I can go get a Coke Zero. And I would do that. And then I would be like, oh, but I gave up Coke Zero this week. And I would say something stupid to myself like, well, I mean, here's the deal. Like, I'm really tired and I got to drive, you know, 15, 20 minutes home. I should get caffeine. You know, like that, that little compromise or like, well, you know, it's Sunday and on Sunday you should feast. You shouldn't fast. And I know today's actually Thursday, so I'll just do my Sunday fat <laughs> Sunday feast now. <laughs> right. Do you ever do those little games? Yeah. 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 Here's a game yeah. that I learned in Steubenville. You know, it's sundown and according to the Jews, it's now Sunday. So let's. X, Y, and Z, yep. you know, like yep. Yep. we used to do that. Like everyone used to do that. And I mean, it's not like I'm not going to do that in the future. Oh boy. I know me, but this whole thing has been interesting. Like it really has been. I think that the idea is the asceticism is joined to prayer, you know? So it's like all of one piece. It's not like, see how much of a man you could be. Take a cold shower. Goodbye testicles. Right. It's not that it's not like, do these feats of strength. It's like, okay, we live a very comfortable life. I mean, we can have instant on hot water anytime we want to bathe in for 20 minutes a day. Or you could put that water to freezing cold. You could jump in, get your get your shower, get it done, and step out. You don't have an injury. You don't have to nurse a wound. Like, get your stuff done and get on with your day. I have 15 more minutes. It used to take me about 30 minutes to go from, you know, like monster who just got out of bed to guy wearing his Colby Ministries shirt and pants. Um, now it takes me like maybe 10 pushing it to 15 if I'm putting in beard oil or beard balm. Like that's it. I, I So now that's 15 more minutes I have to do something. And I'm not. Do you think? I, I don't know. Yeah, you go. Um. So, like, what's your plan to get through, um, like, when you do hit that, like, thing where it's like, okay, now, like, you know, because, like, and, I mean, it's it's good when you when you start to see all the all of the effects and yeah. the impact that the, that it's having on your life. But what happens when this just becomes routine? And like, what's what's your plan? Yeah, when, when the sexiness is kind of gone from it. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, so the the first thing one of the guys said is the honeymoon phase is over. And I really do think that's true. So I went to our buddy Thomas Yeager's ranch this weekend with my family and Michael Huss and his family. And um, it was for Yeager's birthday. And there was tons of free booze. And I was wanting to make compromises left and right. But I didn't at all. And I just remember thinking, I have to look those men on Monday morning at 6 a.m., I got to look them in the eye and give them my report. So that's one thing. And the guys there are very honest. 
the other thing is um, you have within Exodus 90, so you have this little group called the fraternity, but then you have a particular person who's called your anchor. And it's like you can just shoot them text messages and be like, hey, I'm struggling here. I'm dealing with this there. And it works if you use it. And in the past, I always came up with an excuse not to use it because I was looking for a way to walk out of the whole thing. You know, like, oh, I mm-hmm. guess I screwed up enough. Time for me to moonwalk out of this. So my hope is the whole idea with Exodus 90 is it's it goes beyond the complete comfort zone. So it's not just like, hey, do these things. But it's like, do these things every day until it becomes monotonous and then do it for 30 or 45 more days, right? So it becomes a habit. And that's the whole mm. point around it, right? Like, you know, the, the saying, like, what, what makes a difference between a great athlete and a good athlete? Well, the great ones, it's how... Are huge assholes? Are huge assholes. They're rich. They got at least six illegitimate kids. Yeah, I've seen that 30 for 30. And uh, they know how to push through boredom. And, like, I think it was I think it was Colby Bryant. Someone said, well, you know, how did you become so great? And he said, you just have to deal. Like, you have to learn how to find joy in the boredom. And so what does that mean? It's like, mm. I practice my jump shot for four hours a day. Do you think that's fun? It's not fun. But I figure out a way to make it work. And another person said, you're right, you break down the processes and you become excellent at each stage of the process. And so for me, I know where I suck at. I suck at week three. I suck at when the honeymoon phase is over, and I make these little tiny compromises. And for some reason, whatever is in the secret sauce of Exodus 90, I knew going in, I've had plenty of friends who have done it, and they've, like, as a group decided, yeah, well, we're not really going to do this. We're not really going to do that. So I just didn't want to do that. And I'm like, I'm going to join a group of guys, and I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest by about five years, six years. Um. I think only one other guy maybe in his 30s, if that. No, hmm. no, I think they're all in their 40s. And it's awesome because I feel accountable to these men. Whereas if it was my just my, my like, buddy buddies, I don't think I'd feel that way. Oh, that's, that's kind of an interesting distinction. Yeah. That's why I said well, yes. Like, if it was me and you and John and Adam and one of us screwed up, it would be like, it, it would be one of those things where it's like, Hey man, you know, maybe we recommit. And then if a bunch of us screw up one week, I think that's all it would take for us to be like, yeah, like we're only nominally doing this now. We tried. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with guys who are kind of strangers, but they're all like solid dudes. And I don't know. I know two of them and I'm getting to know three or four other guys, Hmm. but it's just like, okay, let's do this. This is awesome. Hold me accountable. Hmm. You know, I have been starting to think that I want to do it, but I, it's funny that you bring that up. I was, I uh, actually, um, I thought about asking like um, Adam and John if they wanted to maybe just kind of like do it. And I would say no. I would say do it with, mm -hmm. like do it with Adam and John, but make sure Adam and John are doing it with a local group and then we can all check in on top of that. Yeah. You know, because the idea is forcing yourself to sit across the table and look into their eyes. Okay. Yeah. You can't so, yeah, avoid sort of like, yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. Meet, and I do think we meet on Monday mornings at 6 a.m. at a breakfast place because one of our guys has to catch the bus at, you know, 7.15, 7.20 to head downtown. And I have to record every knee shall bow right after that. 
So it's kind of nice. Oh, what? I'm sorry. I don't recognize that podcast. Um, <laughs> Just like Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it all back. Papist. No, I, I think it's a very interesting point about um, uh, it might be more difficult to do it with guys who, because like, so for like anyone who um, who doesn't know, um, Adam and John are two guys who were like our other half yeah. when we were in college. So like we were like four guys who were all um, very good friends. Um, and, uh, still to this day, we're all in, we're all, uh, incredibly tight. Uh, and we know each other very, very well. And we did a great thing a couple of years, like probably a year and a half ago now where we all kind of like, just like, you know, just kind of like a, had an accountability thing. We all just kind of like, yeah. you know, um, who chat, I hope that, uh, we might want to take this out. Yeah, no, we just had an accountability thing where we all yeah, checked in with yeah. one another. <laughs> okay, let me start this over again. So um, we all kind of had a thing that, like, guys do. We all just start, you know, we on the chatted on Skype where we were like, hey, let's just, like, you know, like, how's life? How are we doing? And we were we all said, hey, we should keep we should keep doing this. And then we never did it again. And then we immediately stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it's weird because it's not like the friendship stopped. It's not like we don't talk in our, our WhatsApp group every day. Um it's just that there's this thing of like, oh, I cannot do this right now because I'm like, we'll always be there. Yeah. 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 You know, like for the most part, I think, I mean, I'm sure there'll be times where, you know, I think we're kind of in it. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. For, I feel like kind of um, like 2012, we kind of like hit some weird thing where we all, we started to like talk a lot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it will, you know, and so, I do think there's something too with a thing like this, doing it with a group of guys that aren't always going to be there because there's this thing where you're, you're a little bit more amped up. That's a, hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I, I feel like the, the incarnational thing, right? Like I got a lot of really good friends who have moved out and on with their lives. And, you know, Adam's a doctor now and John's killing it in the business world. And, you're you and you know like there <laughs> we have this this great connection but there's something about sitting across the table from someone and just having them like the look in their eye when they share something personal and you've crossed that hurdle between strangers and and then brothers right and mm. and then you find that with these men who I don't really know, that once you begin to share these things, you're not sharing them like a, like a, it's coupled with action that you're all doing. And that's what I love mm -hmm. about the Exodus 90. For men, it's about doing things and not doing things, but you're doing them at the same time together. So like the doing things of a holy hour every day, these same set of reflections, um, reading the gospel for the day with some reflections that are attached to it. Uh, you know, uh, trying to find seven to eight hours of sleep a night, you know, all these things, this is something that we're all trying to do together. It's not just about cold showers and not eating sweets. It's, mm -hmm. it's about like these group of shared experiences that we're doing individually, but then we come together and discuss, discuss them. And then in the middle of that discussion, we also, say like this was the great this is where i saw a lot of benefit this is the hardest part and you, you, in the book it tells you right it says like 
you have to let yourself be rebuked by your brother. You have to. This won't work if you don't open up room to be yelled at. And the idea of that, now we haven't yelled at anyone or anything like that, but the idea is, yeah, okay. So we lead with our problems. Hey, hey, last week was really, really good, but I failed here. It's like, okay, great. Thank you. And just, just being honest, I think also for the other thing, AMDG in college at Franciscan, our household, made community, brotherhood, and that level very easy because we were living a common life together. And I think this is the thing that like people always say this about men. Men don't want to sit in a small group and talk about their feelings. They want to do something. And I think that's very true. But I also think of all the men who just sit around drinking beer and sharing their feelings, except it's their feelings about their favorite sports ball team or about their old lady or something like that. I'm very, I, I, apparently I don't hang out with biker gangs. Well, there's my old lady. <laughs> and Baptist preachers. <laughs> Southern Baptist, because there's a difference. Um, but the whole, I, the whole idea of it being like, no, we are doing things. In fact, we're accomplishing a lot. And it's like we're talking shop almost afterwards about our successes and failures. And, and I don't find stuff like that. And there's a priest that we saw at Seek, and he was telling me how awesome Exodus 90 was. And I did a um, parish mission forum, Father James, up in South Dakota. <clears throat> and honestly, like, number one, you could tell he lost a lot of weight. Number two, you could tell he put on muscle. And number three, he was filled with joy. Now, I would say he was a pretty joyful man. But when he saw me across that exposition center at Seek, and he started talking to me, he's like, I now, I like collaborate with Seek. I don't know what his, or with Exodus 90. I don't know what his status is. But he, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he does a lot of these groups. And he's a foodie. He's an amazing cook. He's, su- he's, more, he's busier than you and I will ever be. He has three different parishes in a rural area. He does a lot of traveling. He's meeting with people all the time. And he's like, I'm down 60 pounds or something like that. And I was like, you look great. But just think about this. Just think about Exodus 90 and priests, right? Like, you have to pray a holy hour. Now, if you can't do an actual hour, it's like at a bare minimum, you have to do 20 minutes a day. You have to do this and that Mm -hmm. and this and that. And you have to check in weekly. And you're like, daily with your anchor, weekly with your group. And I'm like, I can think of at least 100% of priests who would benefit from this. Like 99% of diocesan priests, it would ratchet up a level. Like, this is intense. There are a lot of really holy priests who do things like they pray the liturgy of the hours as they're meant to be prayed. Awesome. They spend 20 minutes of reflection in front of the Blessed Sacrament before they celebrate Mass. Amazing. But there are priests who do not do that. They don't participate. They don't have a thriving spiritual life. And I think Exodus 90 is one of those things where, now, I, I don't know if they'd want to do it with fellow priests or with lay people, but I think it's a swift kick in the ass. You know who could have benefited from it 40 years ago? man named McCarrick, old Teddy. <laughs> well, Uncle Ted really could have used some Exodus 90. Really good. Uh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And, okay, I want to bring up one thing that you said, and I want to hear your response now. Because yeah. I had mentioned that I was starting Exodus 90, which I was hesitant to share with you. And you made the exact comment, which was the exact reason <laughs> why I didn't want to share it with you. Do you remember what that comment was? Did I say my thing about muscular Christianity? You sure did. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I kind of rejected Exodus 90 because I thought it was more of that. 
thought yeah. it was more like we're men and we're, just, you know, we're, we're Catholic. Let's bench press. But it's like, it's not. It's like, hey, you know, all those advice to how to live a healthy life you've been reading your entire life? Well, here's the Catholic version of that. Let's just do it. <laughs> like, like let's, let's, let's <laughs> yeah, cut out no, sweets. Sure. Sweets are literally doing nothing for you. Well, uh, donuts are amazing and they help me calm down. <laughs> there are so many things I want to say. <laughs> say it. Don't be a pansy. No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't ever want you to feel like you can't, uh, that, you, that you can't, I'm going to share anything with me just because I'm going to have a witty remark. <laughs> just because I'm going to have a witty remark followed by a statement followed by a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear you're into muscular Christianity now. Muscular Christianity is a product of the Enlightenment, don't you think? <laughs> How's that going to last? <laughs> yeah. So, anywho, I, um, I, 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 no. I've discovered the XS90 is not what I thought it was. And it is, I'm, I am very lucky that it unfolded in my life the way it did. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. No, I definitely, wa- I definitely want to try it. My, again, like my big concern with, uh, I just want to do things that are going to last. And I, I guess this is yeah. why I've kind of had like a little bit of a, not a hesitation to do it when I've been, when I've been approached about it is um, there's just, I, I'm more interested. Hmm, this is, the, I'm not saying this as a response to Exodus to Exodus 90. I'm bring this up as in why I think like that. I'm a little bit hesitant yeah. right now yeah. in my own life. I'm more interested in permanent change. And I think that Exodus 90 is a, re- I, 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 um, permanent change. And, you know, in terms of like trying to change, you know, your habits and stuff, there's a little bit of like a punish, uh, punishment and reward mentality with, with, you know, um, with stuff like that. I don't really see that with Exodus 90 per se, where I'm going to change a hat, you know, I'm going to do a thing where for like, if I do this for like, you know, like um, five days, I'll get X. And if I, and if I fail, I'm going to do this. And then also just the fact that there is this beginning and end to it. Yeah. And it's like, well, where does, cause I know like some people who I've just seen, they just kind of keep doing it over and over and over again. And I, I don't know if I necessarily like want to do that as the only way to not be doing these other bad things. Yeah. So they do have ongoing reflections that walk you through. Because Exodus 90, you're walking through the book of Exodus. Surprise! And after that, there's other, refle- there's other things that they have that go on. But what you're really looking at is you are, A, carving out room for others, other men in your life call you on your bullcrap right community you are b fostering the sacramental life because you're you know you're supposed to go to mass and then it says go to an extra liturgy during the week and then um once a month you are to go to confession as a group right so they build in the sacramental um but the the idea is what are the habits that you're doing and one of those habits it's not just about the asceticism it's about like the recognition that we are filled with blessings and we take them for granted because we just adapt and adopt them, right? Like we adopt them and then adapt to them and then they're just the new normal. So, I mean, in science, right? Like in behavioral sciences, it's called, what is it? Hedonic adaptation, right? Like things that were like this incredible, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened, this wonderful, then becomes routine and we just adapt to it. So by depriving yourself, 
periodically you recover the joy of those things. I mean, I wrote an article for Life Teen that's been republished like five or six times. And it was like, when I give up Dr. Pepper for Lent, I get back a better tasting Dr. Pepper on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper, but I'm different. Right? So it's that notion. Now, the idea is, especially the holy hour and the extra liturgy, that's to become a rhythm of your life. Mm-hmm. So without it being like, do this devotional, right, it's still a part of your life. And then what you really want to do is if you had a good group and you had a good experience, you just want to help other people have that same thing. So you kind of become the group leader and you lead another group. So that's why people probably have done it multiple times. But don't you think there's a danger in that when it doesn't become – so it becomes instead of having these real habits that are ingrained in your life, there is a system that's ingrained in your life. Well, no – yeah, I, I I could agree with you to a point, but there's so much freedom within it. Like it's not super regimented. I, you know, maybe I'm not doing a good service of it, but especially like the prayer routines and the way you go about your brotherhood component, right? The fraternity component isn't planned out to the minutia. It's like, hey, here's your small group. Check in, pray these two prayers, and then discuss. And so we discuss. We shoot the shit for thirty minutes. And then we go through a thing, and we have a great time, and I would never meet these men ever were it not for this. And then I go back home and do my life, right? Um, You pick different aspects of, yeah, you're all doing these group penances and asceticism, but, like, how the different men do their hour prayer routine. You don't just have to do the same prayer over and over and over again in terms of the system, but there needs to be a system, maybe use a different word, order, in your prayer life that you are building these routines and kind of stacking them on top of each other to get even better, even better growth. Like growing in your spiritual life is about doing the same thing over and over again for joy of the Lord, right? Like I'm pursuing Christ in my holy hour. But if these men, most of the men have not in my group, but like you do Exodus 90 have never done a holy hour every day of their lives. And so now for Mm -hmm. 90 days, they'll do it. On the 91st day, I doubt that they're just going to stop doing it and go away. And the other thing about reward is every Sunday you pick a group thing to indulge in or you let it be an individual thing. So we've done individual things where one guy was like, I'm not going to go through all the stuff that guys did. But for me, it was. Yeah, no, don't. Right. Two weeks ago, it was drink a Coke Zero. And then last week at Jaeger's birthday party, it was his birthday cake. I'm not opposed to that. I I, I just I, I don't know if I really agree that people are, are just going to, to suddenly stop doing these things and then now they have had like their habits changed. I could be wrong. No, I mean, but I, it does just, take a while to form the habits. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. But it's 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 not. It's the fact that they're and I, again, I'm I'm talking about habit changing as opposed to which might not be the point of Exodus ninety. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I am not, if any, like, again, I'm probably going to end up, I'm um, doing it, but I'm just saying what has right, like right, right. held me, what's prevented me from doing it in the, in the past is I've been more, um, you know, like trying to do things that are more habit changing as opposed to, um, anyways, it seems like it's more of an experience. Yeah. Like a touristy thing. I did this experience. Yeah. That, that I, I wouldn't even say that I'd say more like a pilgrimage like something really holy and really good where you are changed 
And you are a better person because you did that. And there is a before and after. And it, it was the it was the moment of profound, con, uh, profound conversion. But I don't think. But because it's done in the context of um, this ex, this experience, I don't know if that's necessarily going to lead to like uh, better eating habits over. Like, I mean, I, I would be curious to see if you were to do a study. Do the men who leave Exodus ninety have better eating habits than they did before? Like my hunch is that that they don't, because, and it's again, it's I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying, given the way that it is structured, it's this experience, and when you're done with it, you're kind of done with it. Okay. Yeah. And and and, and you may not even go back to like you know eating as bad as you did, but it's not like you're eating. Th- 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 I'm better per se. Like it's not a place where you go to fix your bad habits. If anything, it's a place where you go to have this experience and like see what you're capable of. Yeah, I think in one way, like I, I agree with you, right? Because I think then the mentality is, all right, it's day ninety-one. I can return to my normal life now, and that is yeah. a dangerous mindset because it's like. Well, all these good habits I just built up, that was for this thing that's not a part of my life. It was just a thing I did. And now I'm back to my life. Because I, 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 would, I would imagine that, if anything, the real habit-building part probably comes afterwards. Where you find the things that you want to keep and say, how can I make this a part of my, my, of my everyday life? And I, I think where some of my pushback against it is that it when it's been presented to me by other by by other people has been it's been pitched that this is going to like change your habits and i'm like that's not how it works <laughs> well i mean i you wouldn't know? say that's not how it works because part of what you're doing is you're using everything the lord gave you to confront your bad habits and what it does is it exposes you to the way life could be and maybe even should be on a routine basis. Like, it has shown me, like, the, okay, so this one guy who, I just started it, I was doing a, a talk in St. Louis, and this guy, he's like, I'm on day, like, 84. So he's almost done. And he said, it was incredible. I said, what, what did you get out of the most? And I was on day, like, four or five. And he said, it just showed me how clearly I have a million little idols, something like that. I said, really? And he was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about opening your eyes to the little things that you use instead of turning to God. And he said, and I would, uh, he's like, I would never give that up for anything. And so I think, I, I, well, I understand your thing. Like we're doing a program just like anyone can do Weight Watchers, just like anyone can do yeah, Nutrisystem yeah, 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 yeah. and you could do it for a hundred days, you know, whatever. You know, they have in, in 12-step programs, they have this 90 meetings in 90 days. And they do that because it's a measurable goal that is really difficult and almost impossible to attain. But it's very down-to-earth. 90 meetings in 90 days. I can do this. And the idea of doing one thing over and over again for 90 days opens your mind up to, like, rethinking, recalibration, doing all this stuff. If it was, you know, two weeks, a week, a month, I would probably be much quicker to agree with you. But I feel like this approach and what I like about it is 
it doesn't just expose you because I've done like anti-pornography things for like 30 days. So when we were at Franciscan, someone turned me on to this online program that's like 30 days to end an old habit and start a new habit. So I go and I start doing this, and it was great, and it was this online forum, and then you get assigned to a counselor that you talk to, and the guy was extremely anti-Catholic and tried to convert me on it. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember what it was called. Um, Yeah, it's not worth bringing up. Yeah, no, not at all. They were terrible. Yeah. But the idea behind it was like, hey, you you stop this, you know, rewrite your habits. The thing I like about Exodus 90 is it's not just about the habits that you're giving up. It's about like this broader, like, like you encounter your indulgence in a way that you never would have seen it before. And then you realize it's not just about not eating dessert. It's like, why did I always have to, like, you know, some people like buy candy at the grocery or at um, the gas station. Uh, why do I have to eat that donut, right? Like, but, but that's but there's a difference between that, and that's good. That's a really really good thing. But there's a um, difference between being exposed to that stuff and trying to take the time to really understand and and enter into why I do this, and actually overcoming that. Right, but you can't have the second thing without the first thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But like my thing about it is though, it gets pitched as this thing to like overcome your bad habits. Like, it gets pitched as this, like, here's the thing that you oh, can do to, like, I see what you're, fix you're your saying problems. It, it's, co- it's pitched as this complete thing. You walk through this program. And, like, and bam. Boom, your porn's yeah. gone. Your sugar's gone. Your, uh, okay, I see what you're like, saying. In fact, the, the very opening of the, so there's a book that you walk through, and it's in the app if you want to do the app. But they lay out, they say, why 90 days? And they kind of explain it. And they say, this is the best way to, like, rewrite your habits. And he says, but everyone knows at the at the end of this, you can go right back into your. I mean, like it literally. Taught, oh, I should probably find it, but okay, you keep sharing. I, I like what you said. Now that I understand you, just because, like, so I know a lot of people who have been in like religious life, and in there, you, I mean, some very, very, you know, very strict, where they have a coke once a week, or they have, you know, and they like, and all of those habits they had from there are gone, because like the context of how they experienced that doesn't exist anymore yeah you know and so it's really like it's not this one-stop shop place to like fix your bad habits but i 100 percent think it's a very good thing to do to see what it'd be like if you didn't have those and to experience life without that but to break those habits i think requires a different um i think that like that a a lot of the science backs this up it uh, requires like a, like a radical life commitment. Yeah, and I think in terms of what Exodus ninety is, I don't think it's how you should be living your life unless you're called to. Does that make sense? So, so again, I think it's really, I think it's really, really, really good. And like, I, again, I think I'm going to do it. Um, no, in fact, like I, I'm, it's, just, it's kind of been on my heart for a bit, but it just in terms of how a lot of, and I don't think you've been doing this. The thing when, oh shit. Are you there? Yeah. What happened? Oh, fuck balls. Okay. Um, I stood <laughs> up like, just cause I was getting a little bit like antsy. This guy needs to get on my chair and I like kicked the bottom of the stool and my computer closed and flew back. <laughs> oh, Fuck. Hold on a second. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> Anywho, um, again, so like going back to this whole like people who were like in a like, religious life or who were, you know, in the seminary for a bit who have these extreme on um, practices who's like kind of like habits did change. Yeah. You know, for years and then they're out and it's or it's like, you know, or why people who like um, lose weight on Atkins or you know, like how you maintain it is you yeah. have to keep doing it. Right. You know, right. and Any, like anyone can lose weight. It's maintaining it that 95 percent of the people. Can't uh, do. Yeah. Like why your body has a hard time with it is because you are literally having to like starve your body. And so you have like the best way to really like almost like almost lose weight and to keep it off is to always do that. Yeah. So it's not that like keto only works for some or it's bad for others. It's just that like if you're going to do um, like a keto and you want to keep it off, understand you're going to have to eat keto for the rest of your life. Yeah. And there and there's some people who are like I'm committed to that. And I think that it, I think that like excess 90 is good. I think to continually do it and to think this is the way that everyone should live. I don't know. They might be right. It just feels a little extreme to, extreme to me. But I could see it again as it's almost like pilgrimage ex, experience where oh my gosh, I know what um life is like now when I do this. When I like die to myself. Yeah. Some amazing things happen, or this is how I medicate. So now I need to create a plan for how am I gonna like how can I change my habits? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I hope I'm, I because I, I really don't want anyone to think that I'm like trying to crap on it or think that it's bad. I think it's really good, and again, I'm probably going to do it. But I, I do have this kind of like aversion to this whole like um, you know, um, do this and everything's fine. Yeah, you know, it goes back to that thing that you said a, a long time ago that I really took to heart, which was, um, what was that line that you said? Uh, sometimes I think our marketing has outpaced the message. You know, it's like so much in Catholic circles, like, hey, here's this really good thing. But when it comes time to market it, it's this is the greatest thing that has ever happened ever. Oh, can we talk about that for sure? And I, I really hope you don't think I'm trying to crap on this great experience that you are having. Luke, why do you get a crap on everything? I'm not. No, I'm real because I'm really proud of you. And I think it's a really good thing. And I want you to keep doing it. Like I like you've inspired me. Like like I'm one of the reasons why I want to do it is because of like how how it, how much it's impacted your life. I am uh, pretty awesome. Here's a tip from a from a uh, book on junior high confirmation. I want you to guess which company wrote this. Tell them this is to junior high kids. Tell them you wish you had taken these types of things more seriously when you were their age and that you could have avoided a lot of challenging – a sorry, and you could have avoided a lot of challenges and heartache if you had. Tell them that you wish there was a program as good as this when you were being confirmed. Let Sound, me read this again really quick. Oh, man. That is horrible. Tell them you wish you had taken these types of things – so this is for a confirmation uh, a confirmation class. Tell them you wish you had taken these types of things more, more seriously when you were their age and that you could have avoided a lot of challenges and heartache. If you had tell them that you wish there was a program as good as this when you were being confirmed. Is that decision point? That's fucking Matthew Kelly. Is Fuck that really, that. is that decision? Yep. point? I don't know if that's, uh, that's a decision point or not, but, yeah, the confirmation curriculum. How fucked up is that? <laughs> tell them. Tell them now. Tell them you wish. Tell these junior high adolescent kids who don't give a shit about what you you have to say that you wish. 
This is a pyramid. Anyways. <laughs> what a monster. <laughs> oh, Luke, we are going to get sued because I'm keeping <laughs> that in there. It just pisses me off because there are so many people who add, add dynamic, I'm Catholic, who work so hard and who really believe in what they're doing. And they're and, and like who've just given so much of themselves and like just to have something like that like could you like is that insane <laughs> tell them tell them how much you love this curriculum tell them how much this curriculum means to you uh this like, curriculum actually sucks and the chosen program is much better tell them the curriculum <laughs> uh, tell them why they should give me money because i bought a big <laughs> house Man, do you see the Life Team <laughs> curriculum for confirmation? No, oh, no I don't snap, pay that man. Anymore. It's good. Oh, my goodness. They have this promo video of that is done by uh, a, a deaf girl doing sign language. It's the intro. I think it's the intro video. And she's doing sign language talking about how we don't hear each other anymore. And when I was watching it, I was with a handful of people. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. The whole place was completely silent. And it was to introduce, I think it was to introduce maybe like silence and prayer or something like that. But it was so badass. So badass. So well done. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Wow. Hmm, that's awesome. Do you remember there was some deaf girl who was an actress in the 90s? Do you yeah, the, remember the, the, her? Yeah, the one on Seinfeld. So was it her? Gorgeous. So yeah, pretty. she was really pretty. Yeah. It was a deaf girl. <laughs> Who are you, Luke? Who are you? <laughs> I tried to get her phone number. She rejected me. <laughs> Just one more footprint in the in the foot- She was like, You even stutter when you sign. <laughs> You're like, my hands are twitching. I haven't been drinking enough water. <laughs> Dehydrated, a little parched. Parched. I've been telling my friends why not to do Exodus 90 for 20 minutes. <laughs> no, it's not what I'm saying. I, t- I, just, just... I told them Exodus 90 is the Matthew Kelly of asceticism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that um, Exodus 90 has way more practical benefits to your life than anything that Matthew Kelly's ever done. <laughs> he himself, not the people at Dynamic Elm Catholic. These are very different things. <laughs>